Welcome to Hashtag Resilience. This is Watson Jordan. I lead the Resilience Initiative, where we research and promote resilience from around the globe and back to you, our listeners. Our big idea, we can develop resilience. Our promise, we will show you how with inspirational stories and straightforward ideas. Learn more about us at www.hashtagresilience.com. That's all one word. Make sure to check out our courses on Udemy, like 1010 Finance, and build resilience with the 531 plan. Look out for our new book, Resilience, How the COVID-19 Pandemic Made Us Wiser and Stronger. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. This episode of Hashtag Resilience is part of our Stronger and Wiser series, where we investigate what we can learn from the 2020 COVID pandemic. Today, we're joined by Dr. Corinne Devin, U.S. Navy commander, orthodontist, in the current International Miss 2020. Welcome. We are so glad you're here. And we're Thank you so much for having me, Watson. I'm, I'm delighted to be on your show. And I am so... I have learned a lot about you and you're a fascinating person and I can't wait to share a little bit of uh, you and your story with our listeners. When I was learning more about you, I was blown away that we both have, we have a lot in common. You have a deep love of learning and you love to be on a good team and I'm the exact same way. Um, you you're in motivational speaking, and you you braided together these three seemingly not connected parts: the Navy, orthodontic, and a, not in a beauty pageant, winning beauty pageants. And they, I love it when things seem like they're not connected, but they go together so beautifully. So I really admired that. And I thought, how fantastic. Somebody really open to what life can bring, what they can do. So let's go ahead and start and let's talk about you. What are you doing? What are you excited about? Well, currently I am hailing from the future in Japan. I am currently located at Marine Corps Air Station, Iwakuni, Japan. And for your listeners who are not sure where exactly that is in Japan, Think of Japan as the size of California, but with a third of the population in the U.S. And I'm at the very southern tip of the main island called Honshu, and there's four islands. And I actually moved during the pandemic from Italy with the Navy. So, yes, the impossible is definitely impossible in my world. And I serve as a board-certified orthodontist for all the children and the active duty here. And I'll just preface, you know, these are my views, not the views of the Department of Defense. But I am delighted to be here and really show your listeners, you know, along the journey of becoming a naval officer, an orthodontist, and even becoming a three-time international pageant winner, I was told no by many people along the way. But I also was told yes by a lot of people. And mm. some of the things I really, really want to share today with your audience is that, you know, if you ask for help and you continue to ask for help until you get it, people will help you because when you show that you are passionate and that you're excited and that you want to learn and that you're a team player, many people will be, will feel that, and that'll become contagious. And 
you'll really build up a great tribe or army of people along the way in, in each of those communities. And then you'll find, as you so well said, they do interlace. You can see how one uh, hobby or job or skill set will actually benefit another area of your life. And I've been very blessed to, to have had that happen in my life. One of the things you just mentioned that I want to ask about a bit, asking for help, there are better and worse ways to do that. So one of the things that I've talked to people about is if you ask for help, be open to the information you get back, but to try to make it easy for the person to help you. So I wondered if you had a story or when you heard that you went, yes. So any thoughts about making it easy for people to help you or? um... Absolutely. So, you know, one, I, when, you know, when you ask for help, you, you really have to be open to all forms of criticism and not, and not take it personally, really divorce yourself from the situation. So for example, when I was doing my first national pageant, I was asking from, for help, like on Facebook groups, I was reaching out to a couple of people I heard in the pageant world. And, you know, unfortunately, just like any industry, there's good people in the industry and there's people where the apple falls a little far from the tree. And (laughs) unbeknownst to me, I got mixed up with someone who really um, had his own personal agenda. And I was really grateful when a complete stranger who hadn't met me, but could really, was really a guardian angel. She, I could, I went to her as asking for help because you know, something's not right here. I, I just don't feel like I'm quite getting it. I don't feel I'm quite prepared. I, I pride myself on being prepared. And, you know, she said, you know, first off, you're never going to feel like you're fully prepared ever. All you can do is you, can, you just do the preparation and you be consistent. But she said, you know what? I have someone who's going to make you feel even more prepared. Don't even worry about the finances. I have it covered for you. This is me thanking you for your service. And unbeknownst to me, she saved me from a very sticky situation and Mm -hmm. then in turn introduced me to a person who is one of my lifelong friends today. So, you know, I would say you have to really be open-minded, not taking it personal. Just know that when you're asking for someone's advice, it may not be what you want to hear, but know that your critics are the ones telling you that, that they care about you because they're taking time to share that information with you. What was the, what when was they're the, not safe. What was the quote you said when we were talking before we started the podcast? Was it work with a master and get there faster? Absolutely. So if I thought that was so great. I, I was like, yes, yeah. that is correct. Well, I've learned with anything in life, whether, you know, if, if you look at professional athletes who are training for the Olympics or they're training for, you know, the NCAA double tournament. It's not they don't have a personal trainer because they're not in great shape. They're in phenomenal shape, but they want someone who can push them better, help them not learn bad habits, bad forms, um, really maximize the most of their time. And so that's where I really feel the benefit of using a coach or using a trainer or a mentor or someone who really can get you from point A to point Z in a more linear, faster route, rather than you kind of going down all these detours and these side paths and getting lost and pulling out a map and realizing the map was upside down or, you know, it's, I really see the benefit. And that's why I tell people, if you want to go faster, work with a master. That is so great. And do you have a process that you follow that's almost repeatable that you could share with our listeners about, for instance, I want to find a mentor in this specific area. If I, if you wanted to do that, what would be, you would tell our listeners do these three things or 
whatever they are. Yeah. So um, I actually can share with them something I'm working on right now. So one of the things I'm working on is writing a book. I've been told by many people I should write a book about my story, but also, you know, look to find a coach. And to be honest, I don't know very much about the writing world. My background in college was communications, but it was more media mass communications, which is very different than publication. So you know, first off, you know, the internet's a great place to search. There's a lot of good information there, but there's also a lot of bad information there. And, you know, podcasts are a great way to start reaching out to Facebook groups. I would also ask, you know, all those people that matter to you, you know, on your show, I know you, you preach about having those five people in your life, those tribes. I mean, that's a great place to start. And first, tell people what you're excited about do, but also write down very clear, you know, what is your endpoint for your goal? So, For me, I am looking for a coach who is a nonfiction coach who has experience understanding that with the military, I have to go through a certain set of rules and also knows that I have a timeline and a length of the book that I'm looking to write. So again, I'm very being very specific, which again, will help me fine tune in finding a coach because let's be honest, there's lots of coaches out there. There's lots of styles right now. There's short story, fiction, nonfiction, novels, series, you name it, but it's almost also like losing weight. If you say, I want to lose 20 pounds or I want to take two inches off my waistline. Now you have a measurable goal and now we have something to look forward to. And they always say with goals, you know, yes, writing it down and seeing every day helps, but also that hit of dopamine you'll get as you reach that goal will increase because again, you're hitting these little markers along the way. So for me, that's been a key, no matter if it's been getting into dental school, becoming a naval officer, orthodontist, beauty queen is is having that big goal, but also having those steps along those way, those markers. So that way you're, you're, you keep that excitement going because there's going to be times where you're going to hit that snooze button on the alarm clock, or you're not going to want to do that meeting or stay up late or give up certain foods, whatever it may be. So I feel that that's really crucial and really important. You know, and just the thing I heard that I is so great. <clears throat> I want to repeat it. If, if, if I'm specific about what I'm trying to do and I can ask for help doing that. The chance of my finding the exact right help skyrockets. So if I say I want to run faster, that might be true. But if what I really want to do is to run a four-minute mile, then I, if I go, I'm looking for a coach who can help me run a four-minute mile, that helps if it was those five people in my inner circle or the Facebook group that really accelerates the results that I'll get and it makes them better. What a group. That's a fantastic. Well, this podcast is worth it already for the listeners just to learn that one, do that. And I like asking Facebook, asking different groups, Hey group, I'm trying to do this. Does anyone have an idea to kind of make yeah, it bigger? Let's be honest. I mean, if we know someone that could benefit someone else that we know, you know, we want to share that person, that business. The, you know, the thing that I always tell people is, you know, sometimes if someone says, gosh, you know, Corinne, I I don't know anyone in that industry. And I said, you know, that's fine. I I just want to place that little nugget in your brain. So if, if you happen to come across someone, you know, all I ask is that you think of me. And so again, that kind of takes the pressure off if someone doesn't, you know, like, oh, I, I don't know anyone. But again, you know, it's, it's, it's without any expectation of return, but simply just asking people to say, you know what, if, if that opportunity or you hear something, you know, just let me know. And I'm, I'm happy to run with it. I'll, you know, I'll do the legwork. And so 
I feel like it kind of lifts the pressure, but still in the same way, it, it's another way for you to kind of extend your reach, especially right now, since many of us are working from home. Yeah. You know, I think making it easier for people to help is smart because I think most people want to help. Th- their default is, how can I help? And then my, my my job is to kind of go, I'm trying to whatever it is. Well, you mentioned our 531 plan. So I wanted to talk about that a little, which, you know, is five people in our inner circle, three communities and a core belief. So I think it's fun to go recently. Is there one of those that you've leaned on more or that resonates more with you right now? I would definitely say the one thing that I've resonated more is my support system with the military. That is definitely something I've leaned on more because with, you know, working in Navy medicine, what I do day to day with my patients changes quite often. Um, What happens one morning at that time of what's going to happen the next day is quite different. So resilience being tenacious, um, the, you know, working with the Marines, a term they say is Semper Gumby, which is the ultimate form of flexibility and being able to bounce back. And being overseas where I am 17 hours ahead of most of my family on the West Coast, um, I'm not allowed to fly or leave the country without permission from a one-star admiral or general, you know, really makes me lean that much more on my Navy family, not just as my work family, but my family of, oh my gosh, my sink broke, or I don't have hot water, or, you know, I'm not fluent in Japanese to, you know, try to figure out how to get my car off the side of the road, which by the way, in Japan, we drive on the other side. And so, it's really been that year where I've leaned on it. And even, you know, I have a few mentors that I've really leaned on where I, I want to talk to them. I want to keep up that connection, that communication, but it's hard when it's a 14 hour time zone change. So six o'clock in my morning or six o'clock in the morning for them is eight o'clock at night for me. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm really grateful that through, even with COVID, the one thing I'm grateful for is the pause button. So often I was running this hamster wheel of going on one trip or going someplace or conference or next without really stopping and just appreciating the people, that group of community that really has been a great foundation for me throughout all the roller coaster ride we've had the last year or so. And do you, when you say that, are you thinking the communities you belong to or kind of the five people that you're closest to? I would say I would say the communities that I belong to. So I belong to the military community. I belong to an orthodontic community. And obviously I have a pageant community. And what's what they all share, the one trait that they all share, the one core value is camaraderie. Mm. Meaning that uh, no matter what time it is, um, because someone's always going to be up everywhere in this world, uh, no matter what the issue is, there's nothing too silly, too minute um, to ask. There's not, there's not a place where you will feel bad for venting, feel bad where you just need a a helping hand. I cannot tell you how many people I know will personally share, please give me a call. Here's my phone number and just be so open sharing what we consider very private information, but in our communities, just to help someone out, to let them know they're not alone. They're not the only one going through this. Um, You know, that that's a a world where I think some, yeah, it's a, it's a complete not being alone is a comfort. Yes. It is. It is, especially right now. And just, you know, very often I feel like in our social media world, we see the highlight reel of where things look perfect when really the reality of 
someone who takes a photo is they don't see the mess that's in the background or the dishwasher that broke or the fact they can't get someone to come to their house and help them with something like childcare. So I really appreciate people being much more open and much more vulnerable and sharing about just how, you know, life really has its ups and downs and yeah, like we're in this together. I think community is an interesting study of the past year because I think that component changed the most for people. So if, uh, if someone went to church regularly, physically, suddenly that is completely gone and then eventually maybe replaced with Zoom. But finding a way to have community with the kind of isolated distance that we have, I think has been challenging. And technology has in almost always bridged the gap or created new ways. So I think for people who are in a place where they don't have as easy an access to technology or uh, some people aren't comfortable with technology, I think it's amplified that as a challenge. And I, I mean, my funny example is I, I love my yoga studio and I get so I, I, if, if the rest of the world got as much benefit of going to hot yoga as I did, the whole, everyone in the world would go to my studio, hot yoga Asheville, but they had to, um, they have reopened, but for a long time I couldn't go. So I had to figure out a way to get fortified by a different type of community, but my fitness program, Kinzai, is virtual, and it's global, and it's always been online. So that one was great. But I think uh, you're a super example of knowing immediately who your three communities are, and it's great that you found ways to uh, continue to have that be a strong part of your life. So that says a lot about you, and it says a lot about them. So, and it's all complimentary. Wonderful. So our third question, I'd like to talk about resilience. And we're publishing a book, we think at the end of the month called Resilience, How the COVID-19 Pandemic Made Us Wiser and Stronger. So I wanted to ask you, when you think about resilience and how the COVID-19 pandemic made us wiser and stronger, what you think? And when you finish, I also know you're working on a book. So I want to talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. I would say the one thing it made me grateful for was every time I got on an airplane, every trip that I was able to take. Uh, we did have a little bit of a lull when I was stationed in Europe where we're able to do a little bit of travel. However, it really you know, maybe not take so many things for granted, such as some of my friendships, some of the people that I got to do things with it, you know, in Italy, we, we were hit overnight. And the hard part that I saw was that families who had businesses that, you know, they're not getting a stimulus check. They're not getting, there's not really the welfare system set up there like we have in the United States. And so I, in some ways I felt like I was turning a time clock where I'd stand outside an Italian grocery store for over an hour and go inside and there would be no eggs, no milk, no flour, uh, you know, no pasta, things that would be so readily and easily defined. So 
in, in some ways, it definitely made me kind of just take a step back and realize, okay, do I really need that thing? Do I really need that food? Or is there someone else that would actually need it more than me? And it also, you know, also forced me to evaluate my relationships. You know, I know you always ask your, your podcast people a quote that, that affects you, but one that's really resonated with me this year and, and her name is Esther Perel. And she says that the quality of our life is determined by the quality of our relationships. Mm. And I firmly believe that wholeheartedly. And in fact, it's forced me to even reevaluate the relationships I have in life because in a time where there's so many people where you feel like you need to pause and feel and respond from the heart, which is something that I am struggling with and always learning to do being raised in a very military household. My father was in the military to now being in the military where you can't always show how you feel on the outside. You can let it be on the inside. It's something that I, that I've definitely had to learn and I'm grateful for, for COVID because it's given me that time to do that. And it's also given me time to work on those projects that I say, I'll never have time to do this. I'll do it another day. Well, guess what? Now you do have this time and, and what are you going to do with it? And one of the great things I was able to do with my time was actually work on a Ted talk speech. I won a grant through winning international Ms. And I was able to find a Ted talk coach who helped me put together a speech. So fingers crossed when we're able to travel, when we're able to have conferences resume, you know, whenever fashion they look like when we're able to meet in person, that's something I hope to do. And so I was grateful to have that thing to look forward to every, to have that personal interaction. And now I, I feel like she's part of my family. She's mm. just not a coach to me. She's someone who I looked forward to every week when we work together, especially during those first few months to help me forget about COVID in the sense of like what was happening in the outside world and really just focus on the interaction to be fully present, which I think is something that we say we do, but do we really, when we're looking down at our phone while we're talking to someone, or we've got the TV on the background when we're trying to have a conversation with another person, or we're sitting across the dinner table, but we're really checking the sports TV behind them to see what the score is of the game. So those, that would be definitely something that um, has happened come for me for the pandemic. Well, definitely being in the moment is a life's work. Um, well, I heard you say TED Talk, and I know that you're working on a book. So I'd love to hear just what your TED Talk's about or what you're thinking about doing it. And if the book is in the same area, talk about the book. If the book's something different, then say, and the book is totally different. But I, I, at some point, I'd like to do a TED Talk myself. So I'm always keen to kind of hear what, how people are approaching that. And, uh, but you would be great. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. So the Ted talk is about achieving the unattainable and it pulls, uh, three lessons, um, you know, celebrating, bringing celebration in your failures, um, owning the stage and also see the value of a battle buddy. And I don't want to give away too much, but just it's something that pulls different stories and struggles from my life. And then the lessons and the examples I got from it of how someone could apply it in their own life. And that is something I look forward to pitching. And the book definitely is related to the TED Talk. It's something that will give a little bit more detail at length, just like a movie about a book only shows you, you know, part of the story. The book is more of a nonfiction self-motivational book based on, you know, my story but also, you know, showing some of the, the setbacks I had along the way, because very often I feel that, you know, if people, when they sometimes meet a picture of me or see me, they're like, oh, she's pageant perfect. She's presentable. She is, it seems like 
everything just always worked out for her. And I want them to see kind of the struggles and all the things I went along the way to get there to know that in life, you know, nothing is, is always fair. Nothing is just always handed to you, but you know, it's, it's willing to do the jobs that no one wants to do and do them well. It's willing to get up early. It's willing to do the stuff that other people aren't willing to do. And that's really what's going to help you get ahead and go further and farther in this world. And it's also admitting that, you know, you can do it all, but just not all at once. There's probably going to be times in your life where certain areas are going to take more of the front seat and other things are going to take the back seat. And it's a juggle. It's definitely a juggle. I, if, I don't think anyone's truly mastered the work-life balance. It's something we always achieve. And maybe some weeks we're better at it than others. But um, I believe it just kind of goes back to what you're saying with, you know, having those five people, having those communities, having that way to easily check in with yourself to know like, Hey, you know what? I slipped off the bandwagon this week. I, I need to get back on and just knowing tomorrow's a new day and, you know, and setting that day with intention, you know, whether it's being present and, you know, or not coming home and giving leftovers to your spouse when you give the best of yourself at your, at the office or for your job, you know, those little things along the way. You know, as, as you were talking about that, I thought, well, I would read that book. And the piece that I got a hold of was everyone sends out on Instagram or mostly pretty pictures of themselves because it's so fun to send out, oh, here's a good picture of me, or here's a picture of me with our pug puppy, or here's something beautiful. But a good story has the beatings you take and the nose that you hear and the frustration that you have that lead to this great moment of, and then it worked. But the, and often, and I, I feel strongly about this, it's easy for me to go, because for me, that's resilience. You know, how can I just stay in the game? You know, sometimes it's stay power. I, my head always wants it to be, well, I'll do a thousand push-ups in the middle of the highway, and then I'll be on the cover of Time Magazine. Well, real success is not doing a thousand push-ups in one day, but it's being willing to do all the push-ups I need to do each day until I get to where I want to go. So, and you talked about having a coach and a mentor. I think it's such a great story because it's easy to go, well, of course she won all those pageants. She's pretty. And the real story has to be much more, not complicated, but it's a real story with ups and downs. And uh, I think that's a, it's just great to hear because at the end, you know, the, the resilient people, it's fun to hear a great story, but my heart goes out to the kids I work with here in Asheville, who they probably overcome more challenges getting to school than I do in a day. Mm -hmm. And there's an everyday part of excellence that uh, is about showing up and continuing to do that. So I think that sounds like a great book. Do you have a title? I love a title. I don't. I don't have a title yet. That that will come later on. Um, but I will definitely let you know once. Um, well, if once you need help on that, along. I love working on a title because it's it's so fun. And you, and you have such a, a rich background that there would have to be kind of a great a great title. Not quite a country music song title, but a great title that would make someone want to read the book. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> wonderful. Well, 
So now we go to our quick strike round. So, which I got from my friend, Regina, who's my podcast mentor. So what book are you currently reading? I am actually just finishing up one book and I started another one. So Simon Sinek, Start With Why, which is a great book. If you haven't read it, it talks about how to get people who are motivated and even take it to the next level, providing them the environment to succeed. And I just finished that yesterday, as well as starting the book called The Modern Romance. And I'd have to look up who the author is on that one to let you know. Um, it's Azi Ansari is his name. And so I actually do a lot of audiobooks. I find um, that's my way of really enjoying books and listening to them and just falling in love with the story. So, yeah. Well, just for our listeners, we'll put... Uh the titles to these books and the authors and links to them in the episode notes. So when you really need to get going, what song or music do you listen to? I am a fan of anything with a fast beat that makes me want to move or dance. So whether it's top 40, pop, dance, electronic, you name it, anything that will make me want to run. So normally my mornings actually start around four o'clock in the morning before the sun even wakes up. And that is actually, so anything that really gets me up, that is my caffeine dose, my wake up call for the day, as far as getting me um, doing a morning workout run, you name it. Anything with a fast beat. Anything with a fast beat that makes you want to move. Anything come to mind, kind of what a single song. Um, if I would tell you probably the most recent songs that I am yeah. loving that are probably most played, I would say Mamacita by Black Eyed Peas, Kings and Queens by Ava Max. Um, those are just a couple. Perfect. Um, yeah. So those are just the most recent ones that I just seem to have on replete for on my uh, iTunes. Excellent. I've been listening to a lot of Cheryl Crow lately. Nice. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So my... My favorite question of all time is, what's the best advice that you've ever gotten? You know, the best advice I've ever gotten was actually from my father who told me to work smart, try hard, and never quit. And he told me that at various times in my life where I, I wanted to give up, uh, I felt that I was failing. And really what he made me realize is that success isn't just getting things right the first time, but it's when you fall down and you learn how to pick yourself up that success. And that comes from, again, you know, working smart because you can work your whole life, but if you're not working about it in a smart fashion, you're not going to get as far or further ahead in your goal and trying hard, you know, people can tell the difference when you are trying and when you're not. And even if you're trying, but not succeeding, people will recognize it. So what if it took you 20 times to wake, you know, to get back up on your feet, whether it's those skis that you fell as you're, you know, falling down the snow hill or you were hiking up a mountain or trying to do your first pull up. You kept trying and people will recognize that and appreciate you. And then never quitting. There's something to be said. It is so easy to quit, but you'll never regret that you never actually did that along your journey, whatever it may be. And you know, just remember every day is a new day. And that's what that's what my dad had me always live by. That is great. Every day is a new day it is. I I often bank on a good night's sleep and a good breakfast. And then I'm it's a wholly new world. Well, that is fantastic. Thank you so much. What a pleasure. And I I am just so impressed. What a fantastic life you put together. And um, I hope that the next things happen and that soon lots of motivational speaking and TED Talks and 
I'll look forward to reading your book. So at the end, thank you so much. We say goodbye, listeners. All right. Goodbye, listeners. Thank you for listening to Hashtag Resilience with Watson Jordan. Please reach out to me and let me know what you think. If you like our show, please subscribe, leave a rating, write a review. The episode notes include germane information about the show. Please take a look. We're available for speaking and facilitating, in addition to our researching, interviewing, and writing. Learn more about our work on resilience at hashtagresilience.com. Spread the word.